Everybody, welcome to the show. Happy New Year. It is our first show of the brand new year. I'm Jared. I'm sitting here with Paul. What up? This is SWAT MMA episode number 176. Today, we're going to be talking all about UFC 297, which sees the loudmouthed Sean Strickland defend against the other loudmouthed Dricus Duplessis. We're going to be talking about Francis Ngannou's latest big-time boxing announcement. We're going to be talking about UFC 300 and a couple other big things of the UFC court case that came out here recently. But first, before we get to all that fun shit, let's get into the weed of the week. Smoke weed every day. All right, so for this week, we have some MTF. And for what people at home don't know, that is uh, Mountain Thunderfuck. Yes. Uh, So this is a sativa strain um, that, yeah. That's kind of orangey. Yeah. I like it. It must be the uh, limoline in there I'm taking. This one's coming in at uh, 24% THC. Uh, It's pretty pretty nice. That's nice. It's pretty terpy. Yeah. Um, so also, <laughs> this strain is also called Humble Warrior, and other, other people call it that. Humble I like, Warrior I like Mountain, Mountain Thunder Thunderfuck. <laughs> or as the label says here, it's just MTF. Um, yeah, I've always heard it called Mountain Thunderfuck. I've smoked this back in the day. I remember this strain. Um, I'm always down with sativas. I like that. We got, uh... Also have some Rainbow Runs over here that we're going to light a joint up of later. Uh, we've talked about that on the show quite a few times, so won't necessarily go and dive into the genetics of that one. Uh, but we've got a lot of talk to talk about today, so let's dive yeah, right dude. into it. Uh, first, let's talk about some boxing, I think. Um, so over the last couple of weeks, we've heard some rumors rumbling about the possibility of an Anthony Joshua and Francis Ngannou matchup, and now it is official from March 9th out in Saudi Arabia. We get... Francis Ngannou taking on Anthony Joshua. Francis Ngannou coming off the, you know, the miraculous performance against Tyson Fury that just shocked the whole world. Um, how do you see this going? Francis Ngannou just keeps on winning. First of all, I want to talk about that for a second. I mean, every gamble that this man has taken so far has paid off. And in the face of the most powerful MMA organization in the world, he gave him a big fuck you, thumbed his nose, ate a whole lot of shit, and came out and shocked the world against Tyson Fury. And now here he is winning again. This is the second biggest fight after Fury that he could get is Anthony Joshua, who's fresh off a victory over uh, Otto Wallen yeah. at the, uh, the big show in Saudi Arabia a few weeks back. Uh, you know, originally it was going to be Deontay Wilder versus Anthony Joshua, and that shows you how bad you know Wilder did in his fight, and also how much serious stock is being put into Francis Ngannou right now. Because keep in mind, you, you roll back three, four months ago, Eddie Hearn was saying, "Nah, Anthony Joshua is not interested in fighting Francis Ngannou because we don't do gimmick fights, and that's all yeah. that would be." To now, after seeing the performance against Tyson Fury, they're like, "Yeah, Deontay's out. You're in, homie." Well, and I think it also speaks more to the legitimacy of Francis Ngannou. Is like now he's actually technically ranked in in the WBC at number 10 like the, there's there's an actual stake there to someone having a claim to some kind of title shot you know what i mean yeah there is he's um 
I, I just I don't know what else to say. I hate to sound repetitive. He's just really impressive with this. I don't. I mean, his boxing debut was impressive. Signing this fight, I well, doubt he's going to do any MMA this year. Does it really fucking matter? No, I don't think it matters at all. And also, I think it's almost more. It almost helps him that he doesn't do any MMA at all because now with the PFL Bellator merger, there's like this kind of almost infancy that this new company is in that we don't necessarily know what it's going to look like yet. So maybe he gives them a year to kind of, you know, give themselves an opportunity to show the fans and, and everyone watching what the PFL Bellator thing's going to look like. And then also he has this opportunity here with Anthony Joshua to really give himself not only a chance to get another shot at Tyson Fury, but maybe even a possibility to get a shot at the the unified championship of the world because you have uh, Fury and Usyk fighting a couple weeks after that March 9th date, mm-hmm. and so you got to think AJ or Fury. I, I guess Ngannou would possibly get that next title shot right behind you know the winner of. I mean, obviously, I would think of Tyson Fury a rematch wins, there, and there's no rematch clauses that are taking effect. And yeah, if. Francis Ngannou were to come in here and, like, let's say he sleeps Anthony Joshua, which is a distinct possibility. It is possible, too, because people don't realize, it's like, Anthony Joshua's had questions about his chin in the past. We've seen him dropped in big title fights. We've seen, and not to say that it's, like, just some foregone, foregone conclusion that Francis would be able to do that, but, no. but Joshua has had questions about his chin in the past. And Tyson Fury is not one that goes down other if your name's not Dante Wilder. I mean, he, I'm, I'm just saying he knocked down Fury, and Fury was not known for getting dropped hardly ever yeah. either. And so I think he's a legitimate threat. I think he's got a solid chance of winning the fight, honestly. I mean, I think the only way you think he doesn't is if you're of the camp that just had some fluke performance against Tyson Fury, and I don't think that was a fluke. I wouldn't say it's a fluke because it wasn't just like he randomly knocked him down. He, he boxed well. Yeah, he showed a lot of speed. I remember when in the pre-fight workouts and in the media, he looked so terrible on the bag in the mitts. Like, John yeah. Fury was talking mad shit. He was like, dude, if that's your speed, you're going to make it out of the first round. Yeah. And then he came out, and he was fast as fuck. Yeah, I think he was sandbagging, to be honest. Yeah, me too. So, I give it, I think he's got a fair chance of winning the fight, even if it goes to a decision. I think he can box good enough. I think a lot of it will depend on which Anthony Joshua shows up. Because we're all back on board that he's doing all right now just because he, he did good against Otto Wallen. Okay, good. He needed that. He didn't yeah. look too good the two fights before that. Yeah. He didn't look very good against Ruiz. He certainly didn't look that good. I mean, he lost his belts to Usyk. He did get to win back against Ruiz. I thought he did look better in the second Usyk fight than he did in the first one. I thought the first one he was very well, like, just just picked apart. Uh, The second one I thought was a lot more competitive, a lot. It was a better showing. Um, But, counter to what you said, I, I don't... Here's the thing with Anthony Joshua. I think that he is a very crisp, like like, calculated guy. And I do think when he gets into these fights against, like, some of these guys that are a little bit more wild, I think that that's even more of, like, you know, more of a chance to win rather than not. Because when we've seen guys try to box, just, like, strictly go in there and and box Anthony Joshua, we really only have seen Usyk be able to to outbox him. Joshua's always had, like, problems with people that have, like, caught him with a a punch he didn't see coming. And when you're fighting a guy like Francis Ngannou, I think that's the ultimate, like, worry <laughs> going in to, you know. So 
I don't know. I think Fury, or not Fury, sorry. Uh, Nganu has a big chance of pulling this off. I mean, I'm certainly going to be rooting for him. What I'd like to see happen is he goes in there and KOs <laughs> Anthony Joshua and gets a shot at, at, the, at the unified title winner. That'd be nuts. But I'm going to keep it real here. The most likely scenario of what's going to happen in that fight is that Anthony Joshua <clears throat> will either decision him or possibly knock out Francis Ngannou. You think he and knocks Ngannou him out? will ca- get his $20 million plus payday, be a great story, and then he's going to head back to MMA and have a fight by the end of the year. And he's not going to be diminished or tarnished at all because he will have fought the two best boxers, arguably, in the division. Probably done well against... Decent enough against Joshua as well, and made an excessive amount of money. Yeah, that's most likely what's going to happen. Well, you know, I hope it doesn't. I'm rooting for the victory here, but most likely that he's going to lose and he's going to go back to MMA because he's not going to get that third fight. You're not going to be zero and three fighting. Oh yeah, Fury again. Yeah, he only gets the the Fury fight again if he if he gets a victory here. Yeah, he has to win. The uh, yeah the the I agree the the whole boxing experiment ends in a loss or it continue it just it goes as far as he goes is really and even is. if he either way i'm not shitting on the guy i respect him immensely this whole thing is a victory just like i said before the tyson fury fight he's already won dude he, he yeah. won when he signed the contract to fight tyson fury yeah and he's won even bigger now signing this contract to fight joshua period and he's lucky enough to be doing this shit in saudi arabia though people want to talk shit Oh, is they're whitewashing sports and all, using sports to whitewash their country? All this, I don't. It doesn't really matter, right? Because Ngannou's not a politician. We're not politicians. We're fucking watching boxing here, yeah. and it is what it is. They're they're paying big, huge fucking money over there to try and turn that area into a center for sports and entertainment. All right, so good for fucking Francis Ngannou, a poor kid from the sand mines, yeah, to cash in on some of that fucking money. And make a respectable showing for himself along the way. Because not only has he won by getting the money, but he's won by holding himself respectable in the ring. And, yeah, and, and ultimately and following his, his well. dream, his original dream. Yeah, know? who doesn't respect that shit? So um, I'm rooting for the guy, but he's probably going to lose here. And that's fine. Because he already won. So here's the only avenue we haven't necessarily like focused on, I think. Is what if there's a scenario similar to what happened in the Fury fight with Ngannou? Does that get him a third fight? If he barely loses? Well, like, if he loses but arguably wins. Yeah. So if it's another razor-thin decision where people are like, man, I don't know, it could have gone the other way, then he, he, he might be able to milk that for a third fight. Yeah. I don't, mean, I don't mean that in a negative way. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's probably a possibility. Could garner the in- attention for him to have a third fight, rather. And what Ngannou really needs to have happen this year is he needs the PFL and Bellator to really get their shit together here and throw some type of heavyweight tournament yeah. where the Grand Prix-style type thing where not just the fighters that they now have in their joint rosters, which includes Ryan Bader now at heavyweight, yeah. but they should find someone else out there that they can invite to these tournament-style things that they're going to do with the goal being the winner gets Ngannou. Well, just like, let's just be honest here. Does does Ryan Bader versus Francis Ngannou really get too many people out of bed anyways? Not unless you gussy it up around the whole tournament, like I just said, and they yeah. make a big deal out of it every time it comes up, and Bader beats two guys. Well, that's what they they did Ngannou. say yeah. that they yeah. did the um, the runner of PFL had came went on to a Ariel Hawani show and said that he was going to have some type of yearly 
like card where all the champions from Bellator would fight all the champions from PFL. Yeah, I remember hearing that shit. Um, because for the people that maybe not have heard, uh, Bellator is going to be handled as like their international series, and the <coughs> PFL will be like the same season based tournament. Um, so there is that kind of you know that layer of it is is there going to be different? Um, is Ryan Bader even going to be? "Quote unquote" in Bellator, going forward, is he going to be in the PFL tournament? Is yeah. Will will there be because that that's one thing you have to remember too is, although I agree with you, there could be some kind of Grand Prix, Grand Prix style like you know, both um, both brands like the winner coming out of it, but also there could just be Ryan Bader going to the PFL tournament, putting on some great performances and and making people want him to want to see him fight Francis. We'll see what they can pull together. They have a lot that they need to do, but they can't just throw a random or even a Ryan Bader against Sangano. They have to build some kind of hype around it, and I don't think you can do that without some kind of Grand Prix tournament that they try to make headlines along the way. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, you need to, to big this shit up. Yeah, it has we'll to be something. We'll talking about how the winner gets Francis. So we got, like, anticipation building. As it yeah, gets closer and, and closer. that constant reminder. Fuck you know? yeah. yeah, yeah. Every time this is this is to see who gets to fight in Ghana. Blah blah yeah. blah. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's kind of what they were doing before with the whole million dollars at the end, whether it's PFO or Bellator. Right. You know, Bellator was having their um, their tournaments where the winner got a million dollars and the champion didn't necessarily carry over, and that's kind of how PFL is too. You know, like the the championship doesn't necessarily carry over. Like, sure, you're a PFL champion, but you're not. Not every fight you're in is like, this is for the PFL championship. You know what I mean? Right. <coughs> All right, what about the light heavyweight showdown we saw uh, this past weekend? This had uh, Callum Smith taking on Arthur Betterbeev, uh, who put his 19-0, 19-KO win streak on the line, along with his three belts. Went out there and demolished Callum Smith. And this was really... in. You know, for all intents and purposes, like this was supposed to be, uh, better be his like biggest challenge and like the biggest, <laughs> the biggest like threat to his yeah, title. Smith is bigger. He's a great boxer. He only had the loss to Canelo Alvarez. Yeah, and that was supposed to be. You know, that's why that's that's everybody's problem with the beefy one is that they say he's just brute force and not yeah. he's not that good of a boxer. But then he went out and outboxed Callum Smith. Yeah, like he outjabbed him, he outworked him, he made Smith miss, and he just punished him. And he started off light, and then he was alternating the speed of his shots. He would start off with some slower shots, and all of a sudden, he just whipped some speed right into the same combo at the same time. And it was really clever, and it worked quite well. Dude's a monster. And, I mean, he was leading in like by jabs at like 60 to 20-something by like round four or five. And that's something I feel like uh, where you look at it better be of is something everyone always asks is, like, what would happen if he was going to get into a, like a technical, you know, boxing match rather than you know kind of the firefight that he's willing to get into in, in a lot of these fights and i do think it another thing that a lot of people have talked about is like can you get into those firefights and you know come out and have this long-standing win streak um i think in this fight he showed he, he had a little bit more calculated like you know work rather than just chaos you know yes absolutely So I think this also kind of sets up 
what has to be a unification bout between him and uh, Bivol. And, and Bivol fought a couple weeks back as well, and he, you know, did what he does. But now you look at Bivol, who hasn't finished someone in, I think it's like eight or nine years now, heading into a fight against Better Bidev, who's knocked everybody out. So how do, how do you see, like, those styles clashing? People keep waiting for beef to get old. Like, oh, he's just suddenly he's not going to have it. I mean, there was actually a lot of talk around that, this fight, that he was yeah. just going to somehow come out and just suddenly be old and not have it. Yeah, because he's, and what, 37? Of that. He looked better to me. <coughs> and he looked better to anybody <coughs> watching it. Yeah. And I think that I don't see how he doesn't win by KO here. At what, what, what point do you just go, okay, who can stand with this guy? Anybody? It just doesn't seem that way. I mean, yeah. he got Smith out of there quicker than we predicted on Twi- on Twitter or X or whatever they're calling it these days. We were <laughs> calling it, you know, on our account by round eight. Put him out in seven. Yeah. And he put him down, and then he got up, and then he put him down again, and then Joe McGirt jumped in the ring to make certain, like, this ain't going on. Yeah. Which, much of, much, kudos to Joe McGirt, you know, Callum Smith's trainer for calling the fight off and not letting it keep going like that. Yeah. This, I, I applaud that every time I see it. You need that in MMA. But it was vicious. You know, Smith had never even been knocked down once. Yeah. Before. Yeah. I don't think Dimitri Bivol could stand with him. I think over the course of a 12-round fight, he's going to get KO'd too. It's hard to say anything else. Kind of kind of uh, reminiscent of when Wilder was on that crazy KO streak. Everyone was just like, there's, there's no other choice to pick because there's nothing else we've seen. You know, no, and I might be saying something different if the fight had gone, say, Smith boxed him the fuck up, and then, you know, Carter just landed a fucking punch and KO'd him. Yeah. After being down on all the cards and losing <coughs> the fight, like, yeah, I don't know if you want to go in there and fuck, you know, with Bevo. Maybe you have lost it. Maybe he has turned the page. But nah, dude, he went out yeah. there and looked better than he's ever looked. Yeah. So yeah, th- that's a big that's a big fight coming up. Uh, I could, I would hope we see it soon. I mean. You got both guys coming off a fight recently, and it's supposed to be part of that Riyadh season. Uh, like they were talking about a lot during the the card in December about yeah. how that's a big fight that they were trying to get added to this. Um, so let's hope shit could be sometime in March. I'd be I'd be be a quick turnaround for a better be it. But regardless, if you can just put you know your opinions on their governments and their politics and all that shit aside, and just I mean, there's no denying in the sports they're putting some shit on. Oh yeah, I yeah. Mean, damn. This like la- this string of fights that they've just continue to put out is fucking. That's what a lot of the haters don't understand about that Fury and Ganu fight. Like, oh, it didn't do good on pay per view, motherfucker. It was never supposed was to never, do good yeah. on pay per view. It's yeah. not a pay per view fight, really. You're lucky yeah. it was even available on pay per view, honestly. Yeah. Because they didn't have to. They weren't yeah. counting on that at all. It's not for that. Yeah. It's for the spectacle this side of it. This next Ngannou one will probably be monstrous on paper. Oh, yeah. If they market it here. They didn't the last one, really, but we'll see. Doesn't really need to also, though, because you, you're, you've you got a whole other <coughs> UK market that loves Joshua. All right, well, is there any other boxing news that's really going on that I'm forgetting about? Not really. So. I think that's it. Now, we got a big UFC event coming up, the first big one of the year. We had a, yeah. that little Apex fight. I can't believe we're still in the fucking Apex in 2024. 
pains me. I didn't watch it. Not a lot to talk about. Johnny Walker got destroyed. Yeah. It's pretty rough. Yeah. Now there's a little bit of a... I mean, do you give him a title shot over Hill? Or Hill had the title. And he's lost it to injury. It's kind of a gridlock there. A little bit. Well, it also kind of depends on on uh, Hill's recovery like timeline. If if Hill's like back before the end of the year, then yeah, you, you do that. Uh, but if he's not talking about being able to come back before like late late this year, early next year, yeah, I think you have to go with Arc Live in the meantime, just to keep, not even you know what I mean, just to keep uh you know keep the division going. Like we can't, sure, you know uh. Hill can have a title shot whenever he comes back because he never necessarily lost a title. But are we just going to sit here and hold up the division for however long he takes him to heal from this? I don't, no, I don't know. I don't know about They're that. They're going to move on quick. Well, let's talk about the upcoming card. They've got UFC 297, Sean Strickland versus uh, Drickus Duplessis for the middleweight title, Strickland's first defense. We've also got a uh, women's uh, bantamweight title fight in the co-main event for the uh, it's the vacant strap. Uh, Amanda's is uh, retired. Belt. So we've got uh, Myra Bueno Silva taking on uh, my homegirl Raquel Pennington. I like Raquel Pennington. She's from my hometown of Colorado Springs. Met her a couple times at UFC fan events. She's real cool. But I don't know. The Silva girl looks legit as fuck every time we yeah, see Buena her. Yeah, Bueno Silva's really good. And I like her. She's got a lot of. Uh, Shit to say about Juliana Peniel. <laughs> and it cracks me up. And if those two do get to fight afterwards for the title, that, that would be some pretty interesting shit. But Pennington has uh, really turned her career around. Like, her record is not indicative of how good she is. She had, yeah. you know, a bit of a loss streak, and then she really turned a corner with her training and, and came up the ranks quite deservedly so. Well, not only that, I think she kind of speaks to what's left of that, like, those real pioneers of, of the women's division, like, she was she was fighting against the best of the best at that time, earlier in her career when she wasn't quite on their level, not necessarily like fairly. You know, she was fighting yeah. the she was fighting the all the best like of that era at a time when she was not necessarily <laughs> on that level yet because she was still not as seasoned as them. Um, but now her. I think she's probably the most deserving outside of Pena for this shot. And I think this is going to be kind of her moment to really stamp her legacy, you know? Yeah, we'll see if she can get it done. I think she's got her hands pretty full here with Silva. Silva's 10-2, and two, both about the same size, 5'6", five, 5'7". Five, reach, small advantage to Pennington there in height and reach. Silva's three years younger. Average fight time is about the same. <laughs> Strikes about the same, etc. Pennington hits hard though too. Uh, I'm gonna pick Pennington and just just because I'm a fan. Yeah, that's all. But that's the rest of the card is not that great. I mean, we've got Arnold Allen on the card. Yeah. Uh, we've got what Neil Magny's on this card. We've got Chris Curtis on this card. Uh, Sean Woodson, Charles Jourdain. These are all names we know, but honestly, there are a lot of names we used to hear on fight nights. Yeah. Not, not on pay-per-views. But, you know, not all the, the noise card. is really centered around Sean Strickland defending his title for the first time here against Drickus Duplessis. And they've had a lot of interactions leading up to this, you know, that 
Well, they were they were pretty explosive, to say the least. We had a fist fight in the middle of a UFC event. Yeah. We've had some... You think that was staged? No. No, I, I don't. I, oh, I think, if you mean staged, do I think, did Sean Strickland like, go there thinking I'm going to fucking punch that dude if I see no, him? No, 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 yes. I mean the do UFC that planting that, like... I think the UFC might have hoped some fireworks would go off because Strickland <laughs> is who he is. But I guess like less staged, more planted is the word. <laughs> yeah, arranged, hoped for. And look. Like I'm not saying it was like a, some gentleman's agreement in the back. We're going to fight in the crowd. But I feel like the UFC, how are you going to put two guys that are fucking fighting each other in, in three weeks, two rows from each other? What the hell? Like what do you expect's going to happen? This is what I don't understand here. And then they showed the footage on the broadcast. Oh, yeah. The UFC, <laughs> you knew that was coming. <laughs> well, well, let's talk about the beef itself to begin with. Like, why did Sean Strickland go yeah. after Duplessis? Strickland's not really that guy. But, and I just find this very interesting dichotomy here of these two things that happened basically around the same time, I believe it was even at the same press conference or within yeah. the same time frame where we had the Colby Covington, Leon Edwards back and forth, where Colby Covington got absolutely lambasted for saying a line about Leon Edwards' father being, yeah, in, being hell. in hell. And Leon Edwards' father is dead. He said something about your dad's in hell. And, I mean, I bet there's an MMA article somewhere that were just written today about that right now. It yeah. was all over it was the media. Like what a, a horrible thing it was to yeah. say. What a piece of shit. And I'm not here to... That's not what we're talking about, though. Yeah, yeah, but that was something that was said. And I don't think it was... I think it was inappropriate and rude, but I don't think it was that crazy. But okay, yeah. I can see where you... Leon Edwards would really be offended. Yeah. But then at the same it's time... It's just a lie had, more, you know? We had Duplessis tell Sean Strickland that he was going to beat his ass just like Sean's father used to beat his ass. Yeah. And Sean has a very... Um, Extremely abusive past. Like yeah. his father did beat the ever living shit out of him and his mother, to the point of extreme measures. Like like he opened up about that on Theo Vaughn's podcast, and Rogan and, and so many other places. At this yes. point, it's not like not known because that's one thing I saw some people trying to defend Drakus on online. Like, and I was like, like no, no, yeah, like it, like yeah, like that he didn't know the extent and that it was blah blah blah. It's like, bro, he has gone into that shit. Everywhere. So, and yet he received virtually no blowback from anybody about this. Yeah. And I just find it very interesting that Colby Covington said, hey, your father is in, your your deceased father is in arguably a made-up place that none of us know if it exists or not. But he's there. Yeah. Okay, no offense to religions here, I'm just saying. Yeah. Arguably it doesn't even exist. Okay. Duplessis says some highly offensive shit about something that actually did happen. Yeah. And it's yeah. like a crime and horrible. Everybody yeah. can agree. Like, Sad. All that shit. Like, yeah. fucked up. Yeah. And, but there's no, and I'm not saying, oh, he should get blowback. I just don't understand why one is lambasted and the other one is ignored. Yeah. To, and Strickland is out here and people are like saying, oh, well, Strickland talks a lot of shit. I've never heard him say anything about that. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's more like. Talk shit about like rumors about you, right? Like, you like, know what oh, I mean. He like, talks shit about um, so and so's wife writing the book. Well, she wrote a book that was in it's public information. She wrote a book on how to fucking yeah. fuck a rich dude. But then here's the star. thing: let's not it's even not the same as like oh yeah. you you were 
oh, your wife was raped? Oh, let me make, poke fun at that or something. Yeah, yeah. You, you know what I mean? That would be like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. And well, I'm not saying necessarily that it's, he shouldn't have said it. I'm just saying it's interesting to me that one gets all this blowback, yeah. mainly because Colby Covington said it, and the other yeah. one gets like none. Yeah. And I think the second one is worse, honestly. I think what Duplessis said is a way worse thing to say than what fucking Colby Covington said. Yeah. And Duplessis always just kind of rid that that line, I feel like, too. Like, he, uh, he like, tries to talk shit, like, well, like you know what I mean? This is the He's, guy that told Israel Adesanya he was, I'm the real African fighter here. Yeah. Which is technically true, but it's certainly it's true, but it's like, but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. He's always, like, rid that line of, like, of like, is that offensive? I don't know. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Before this, obviously, this being this time, like, this that's really, really fucked up to say to somebody. But, you know what I mean? Like, he's always kind of been, like, a lower voice that not a lot of people pay attention to. But, like, even in the Darren Till fight, like, he, like, like him and Darren Till had some weird, like, shit talk, too. Like, it's just, like, always seems to be this, like, this level that he's willing to stoop to, like, like, try to get eyes on him, and, like, still people are, like, kind of, like, I, I kind of know who he is. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and I feel like that's kind of his stick at this point. Like, it's not that he's saying, like, the most heinous shit ever, which, in this case, he kind of did. But in the past, it wasn't that he was, like, saying, like, the most heinous shit. It was just, like, always his shit talk was never, like, <laughs> was never something that you watch during the the broadcast, and you're like, ah, that's pretty light. It was always just like, god damn, this motherfucker's going hard for no right. reason. Like, he's like, I'm going to fucking kill you, <laughs> dare tilt shit like that. It's like, whoa, okay. And, like, shit like that. Um, so, See, I, I think I you know. nailed it there with him. I think he's just trying to ride the line yeah. and get the press. But he said it to Strickland. Now, you said, do I think this was staged? I think that Strickland is the type of man that you, if you cross a line with him, you're going oh, yeah. to pay a price. For sure. And that's it. He's like, well, yeah. okay, you said some those fighting words, and when I see you, we're going to fight. Yeah. Even though we're fighting later. And that's kind of even... And I think just like, I'm going to be that guy that's going to take that punishment. And you know I think I mean? that even kind of solidifies your what you were saying before about Strickland's, like, shit talk is, is even if you if you really look at, like, what he said after he said all that shit about you and Gary, he's like, it's like, honestly, bro, like, I'm not trying to fight you or anything. Like, if you want, we can fight, but, like... I'm just trying to help you. <laughs> well, like it's like here, it's more like, but and even the same it's thing with like, name, even the same shit with like the Israel Adesanya stuff too. Like when you talk about his dog and shit, and then if you watch, there's this interview that just came out where he's like, he's like, yeah, after the fight, Izzy got really mad at me. He's like, hey, don't talk about my family. And he pointed to his dog, and I was like, that's your dog. That's not your family. <laughs> it's like it's like shit like that, like like shit talk like that, where it's like. <laughs> It's right. shit talk in a joking manner of like sometimes the jokes aren't as like as good, but it's like kind of his mantra in life. Like everything in his life is kind of viewed like that. Like he makes jokes about like you know what has happened to him in the past and like right. and like death and weird fucked up shit. But that's just kind of how his brain works, and that's kind of I don't know where this is where the next kind of thing I want to talk about is. I kind of can see where me and you both are leaning towards who we want to who we want to win, but like, who do you think the UFC wants to win? Because I think that that's a, a serious conversation when you talk about Sean Strickland. Like, as much as everyone loves his shit online and shit, but if I'm like, you know, let let's take all all of like what we like about him out of the picture from a standpoint of the UFC who is selling 
their product to now what they are kind of being more commercialized and stuff like that, like ESPN, all the yeah. all the bullshit they're trying to hawk onto these guys. Do you think the UFC wants him to be the champion anymore? If you would have asked me this before the Israel Adesanya fight, I would have said, hell no, they don't want Sean Strickland to be champion. It's kind of like having a Diaz brother the champion. You now, know I mean? him versus DDP, oh yeah. yeah, they want Sean Strickland to win. You think I so? I think 100%. Because people are like, people who have a vague awareness of the MMA world, are like, Sean Strickland, oh yeah, the dude that beat Izzy. Yeah, that guy with the big loud mouth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. You say Drikus Duplessis, they go, duh, huh? Duh. <laughs> Who? What was that? Yeah. What word did you just say? Yeah. I just and meant he like. He's all about cash. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. How do they fucking market? All, the only thing they can market with DDP is the Adesanya rematch, which has lost a lot of its luster after Sean Strickland beat him. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, th- there's no money there with that name. I just kind of am viewing the UFC as this this organization that doesn't necessarily have the stars that they once had. It's kind of it's kind of where I'm going with this. Is like I, I that's why I think they want Strickland because they're desperate. Let's, as fuck. I want to talk about this, so let's put a fork in this fight real quick. So okay, it well, seems like we're Strickland. both going for Strickland. Let's make the picks real quick. Yeah, yeah. Of course, I want. I'm Strickland. going Strickland too. I don't know if he can. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it's he can, but I want. Fought Izzy that fights. Yeah, yeah. He probably can, dude. Yeah. So. Yeah, so we're both yeah. going Strickland. Well, so yeah, so let's talk about this right now. So we're we're heading forward into you know the calendar of what we have looking forward to uh, for the rest of the year for the UFC. Yeah, and you know you have the whole Conor McGregor after New Year shit calling saying he's fighting International Fight Week against Chandler, which is kind Six of years from now. Conor's fighting. <laughs> yeah, a little down the road. But what's well, a lot closer down the road is UFC 300, and we are just kind of seeing an array of fights being announced, but no real pop as far as like a main event oh, or. Oh, there's the women's strawweight title fight. Yeah, no, but uh, like there. Don't get me wrong; some of the fights they have announced for the card are good fights. There, there's like. It's going to be top to bottom a good card. Yeah, I'm, but UFC that, 200, they still managed to have Brock fucking Lesnar on yeah, there. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's what, what I'm saying. What it's saying? missing. It's, it's missing, missing that star. Yeah. But my my question is to you, though, is like, does the UFC even really have that many stars anymore? Like, like outside of maybe Connor, Izzy, if he's the champion at the time, John Jones, like... I guess you can kind of say Stipe, but he hasn't fought in so long that, like, I don't necessarily know if you can consider him, like, a, a star star now. Well, most like, people would think he's retired. Yeah, like... attention to fights except the big ones. Like, like oh, yeah, who's who's really a star in the UFC right now? Like, like I guess... Uh, fuck they're trying to tell the Sean O'Malley is Sean O'Malley, but Sean O'Malley's fighting two weeks... My pay-per-view points would indicate otherwise. Yeah, but not only that, but... Fucking Sean O'Malley's fighting two weeks before. Like that, even even the one other guy that maybe you can consider a star is already booked. Like, so what the fuck are they doing at this point? Like, they they're trying to build this organization up to where they think it is. Like, they need to invest more in like what who these guys are. Like, what is going on? Like. Because they are not just the. I feel like even more with their pay per view model and everything that they have had going forward since ESPN also. Yeah. Like, they're they have the the tools. They have the biggest sports marketing like 
tool in the world almost. Like ESPN is just literally an ad for sports. Like if you really think about it, all they do is just sit there and talk about sports. They'll talk about every goddamn sport under the sun if they're under the ESPN umbrella. And you are under that ESPN umbrella and you can you have no opportunity to make these guys into stars. It makes no sense to me. And they're owned by a fucking Hollywood talent agency. Yeah. It's even go to the next layer. You know what I mean? Like they just merged with WWE, yeah. who's all about making stars. Yeah. That's literally their whole business plan. To the their point, stars are so big, I hate that shit. I know all their stars. I well, mean, and here's the thing, too, is crazy. like the WWE itself is actually, and this is a, something that the PFL was doing, dude. The PFL, is high, who is also under the ESPN umbrella, don't forget, uh, is hiring people from the WWE's talent or like team to help some of these guys like build up their you know their i I guess stick but not necessarily like their build their name i guess you could say and like and get good on camera why the fuck is the ufc not doing the same i know why i think because they don't give a shit it's just a cash grab with these guys they're riding it out until this fucking goddamn lawsuit hits they were gambling that they could that the lawsuit would go their way it hasn't been, and now it's like a fire sale. Why would they waste money on anything? <coughs> They're going to lose it. I mean, not waste <coughs> money, but invest in the future. Yeah. When they need to make money in the now. A future they probably will no longer be a part of. But then, of. I guess, it doesn't make sense they wouldn't try to make 300 big, then wouldn't they? And so that's what... Know. It doesn't make any sense. But yeah, that's what I'm kind of going back to, is well, like, so now... matchmaking here? Yeah, like, you have all... You have this, like, lack of star problem... And you have someone like Connor, you don't get him for three hundred. You have guys that are within your reach, and they're just kind of what gonna have a a a fucking. I mean, the theory with solid three hundred will be so big because it's three hundred. Yeah. And if they have Connor on there, then Connor will take a hunk of the fucking profits with his pay per view cuts. And then all the extra money that he brings means everybody else that gets pay-per-view points, they'll get more of their UFC's money too. Thus, they think they can just make that money and pin Connor on some fucking card where he's the only attraction. Nobody else is getting pay-per-view points. But that still doesn't... And they're not spending shit for it. The only problem is that still doesn't work because now you're talking about an international fight week where you're not going to have a, a banger of a card on an international fight week. You're going to be letting your fans down on every avenue that is seen as, like, the apex of of your, like, year every year. There's, like, really three... If you really think about it, like it or not, there's really... Although there's 12 pay-per-views a year, there's three pay-per-views a year. There's that first quarter, there's always the big fight, which, in, in my opinion, is going to be the UFC Miami, which is, like, that... That card is like where yeah, that card's you, pretty stacked. Two ninety nine, dude, ridiculous. Yeah. And then realistically, it's International Fight Week, and then MSG. Those are really the only three cards the yeah, UFC the year end card like anymore. Like these are the New Year's Eve big one. Right? Yeah, like MSG. Uh, you know, International Fight Week, and usually that first quarter. Sometimes it doesn't necessarily have like a a set location, but. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there's really like only three big, big cards of the year. And UFC 300 is supposed to be a part of this. 
And I feel like what kind of what you said, I feel like it's not going to be. I feel like it's going to be just like stacked with regular fights and they're just going to be like, it's UFC 300. It's the biggest shit in the world. And like it's Jim Miller. Yeah, Jim Miller was on one hundred, two hundred, and now three hundred. No disrespect to Miller intended, but I'm saying that's what they're hyping up. Yeah, yeah. Is a forty year old lightweight who's not even ranked yeah. who gets respect because he's still winning fights. Well, and yeah, he's he's got records that like could possibly be set. Like you I'm know, he's sure, like he's up there in the wins records and shit. No, yeah, he's not. UFC three hundred big up in a, in a women's championship title fight against two Chinese nationals. I'm just saying they don't have much of a fan base here. Yeah. Yeah. Most people can't even pronounce their fucking names. Yeah. I just, I don't, I'm not throwing shade. Bro, I'm just imagine. Saying, like, this is your big event, and people are like, who's fighting who? How do I say that? Oh, fuck, oh, dude. <laughs> I just thought of, dude. Huh. Imagine. Imagine. It's the headliner. It's fucking UFC 300. Zhang versus Xiaonan. <laughs> Zhang versus Xiaonan. <laughs> I mean, good for them if they do. If they, if they do, yeah, guys. good, good for, for the, the fighters But that's the thing, though. But I'm just yeah. saying, what are we doing? Yeah, like, fuck. What? Okay. Yeah. Everybody's going to hear that and go, what? Dude, you know what I heard is the only rumor I heard that, like, I would be like, that's not Connor. I'd be like, oh, shit, that'd be crazy. Oh, I've know. heard, I mean, I don't think there's any chance it happens. I don't but, think but I heard that fucking... DC and Brock Lesnar were going to fucking headline what? UFC 300. Okay, that's not what I thought you were thinking. Oh, you were thinking Nate Diaz? No, I oh. heard I heard almost equally a shocking rumor that fucking, it was going to be Leon Edwards. Oh, yeah, that was. No, but no, 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 versus Khabib Nurmagomedov. Oh, what? Where'd you see that? Dude, that was in the news like two days ago. Really? Khabib being the secret to come to fight Rocky on fucking... Dude, that would be sick, actually. Because you know, <laughs> Leon Edwards' name is his nickname is Rocky, and then he gets yeah. Russian. Yeah, yeah. Would be building that up, Rocky versus the Russians. I saw some that some some people saying Islam would fight Leon Edwards, which would, I I guess that'd be cool. Yeah, I totally thought you were gonna say it could be DC and Brock. That yeah, would be crazy. DC and Brock, dude. Look imagine fucking nuts. DC is looking hella out of shape though. Dude. Uh, <laughs> he is. Brock Brock's looking up, nice. <laughs> And Brock is still looking solid. Dude. Brock looks like a fucking specimen. He <laughs> yeah. looks like a fucking ad for Weight Watchers the before. <laughs> yeah. He's fucking selling fucking. George Foreman grills now. Yeah. <laughs> like, fucking dude, Except imagine he's too though. Busy using them shits to imagine that would be sick. Oh, I would watch that. Oh, so. I'd watch the fuck out of that. I don't even have to have a title attached to it. I watch it. I don't. I don't think. I think we're getting. Jim Miller in the co-main <laughs> with the women's strawweight title fight. <laughs> Bo Nickel opening and, the prelims. The whole goddamn Bo Nickel mopping up in the third place. Yeah, dude. Jesus. Yeah, that's it. UFC 300, baby. <laughs> it's, it's all about Jesus. the ladies and Jim Miller. Yeah. <laughs> and Cody Garbrandt. No, Cody Garbrandt's the co-main event versus Figueredo. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think that's on the main card. I hope that's on. So in reality, though, there's got to, there's got to be some kind of. But that's another thing that we were talking about that we didn't get a chance to talk about, though, is there's kind of also this uh, weird spot where the UFC is, where they have these champions that like none of them fight more than once a year, like twice a year, like yeah. we at least like with Izzy, like like him, dislike him, whatever. Oh, he fought three, four times a year. There's maybe one or two champions, Volkanovski and. 
I guess I don't really know. Pantoja maybe. Well, that will like probably fight three times this and year. He just got the belt. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's maybe, maybe two champions that will maybe get three fights this year. Yeah. That's another problem the UFC has. Is like we used to, we're so used to these guys that were more like, you know, fight all the time kind of like mentality that yeah. I think that this whole business gridlock and this even I think partly to this whole um uh lawsuit with all this information coming out too that like I think it just continuously moves the train along of something we've always talked about that uh, but like there's going to be a fighters union soon there has to be like the way that things are going like the the information that's being brought out with the lawsuit like the whole John Jones thing and then going behind that too with the Nate Diaz like talking shit the way the UFC has been like seen talking about their guys and shit like if i'm someone who is pro fighters union or trying to establish a fighters union all i do is take those documents to a you know any of those events where you know we've seen in the past where like the international fight weeks and all these different times where yeah. you get a lot of fighters in one place and i just have a meeting and i'm like hey guys you're Conor McGregor, John Jones, and fucking, you know, O'Malley, some of those guys. Look at how these motherfuckers are talking about you. Like, you, like, you guys have them by the balls right now. Like, this is the time. Like, they have no stars. They have all this shit. You guys are the stars. Yeah, they got nobody. You guys are the stars. Like, Conor McGregor is the biggest star they have. And he, and he fights one fight once every fucking five years. fucking years. And he's won years, one yeah. fight in the last seven years. Yeah. To be like, clear to everybody. I love the guy, the but like... Won love one fight in seven yeah. years. And how about John Jones? He's won one fight in what, four years? Yeah. Yeah. Like... That's your two biggest stars. Where are the, where are the Chuck Liddell's? Where are the Forrest Griffins? Yeah. Where's Where are the fucking... Any and then probably behind that, like Leon Edwards is your biggest star behind that. And like is he he's not really a star. He's just known for like that head kick he got. He had hit fucking O'Malley is as big as they want to push. I don't think Aljamain Sterling would come out and say it would I think if he made fat bank, he would be like, Yeah, but I got paid. Yeah. You know he I mean? said it wasn't well He was like he said he would have fucking taken not taken the fight. If he yeah. didn't know that was the check he was going to get. Yeah. Because he was pressured into taking the fight, but it yeah. would be this massive payday. Mm-hmm. I think if he got that payday, he would be like, well, look, I gambled. I lost the look. I got this fat payday. Yeah. And instead, he's like, actually, um, it's pretty this, normal. this sucks. And well, no, that's the thing, though, too, because I think that one, one part of Conor McGregor that a lot of people don't give credit for is it's hard to build a star like him not only because of like the fighter he was, but I think the international part like does also bring in like into effect. That's why I feel like guys like Khabib and Connor and like, you know, all all the guys who have been like actual international stars for the UFC yeah. are not from the United States yeah, because the UFC does not promote their guys. In in the United States alone, in MMA, I think biggest American star they ever had, Brock Lesnar. He was famous because he made his name WWE. Yeah, like, and that's what I'm saying. Like, there's and it it does kind of happen sometimes in the U.S. Like, I don't necessarily like like there's some there's some guys who come out of these fucking spots and they're like 
Like, Conor McGregor is the fucking biggest Irish MMA guy ever because at a point where guys in Ireland were trying to make a name for them on the MMA scene, he took it and ran with it. Khabib, at the beginning when all those Dagestan guys started coming into the UFC, he was kind of the poster child for, like, this guy it represents all those guys. Conor, like, remember when, like, the guys like... Uh, um, ah, fuck. What's his fr- his teammate? That was the Arnold one. Lebov. No, the one twenty five er. Fuck, he's a redhead cat. Fuck, can't remember his name. Right. Oh, Patty, Potter. or not Patty O'Hulahan or whatever oh, the fuck's name. What the fuck is his name? God damn it, no. Oh, oh, I know who you're talking about. The one oh. who's uh, he like had to retire from MMA because he had like some weird like disease. Yeah. Um. So. We'll Either way, but there was like those guys were in like the Ultimate Fighter and Artem and guys like yeah. that. They were all in, in like they took it and ran with it. Took it and ran with it. Took it and ran with it. If the UFC does not promote their guys that are from the US, like those, like they did when they had the special interest parts of the of the world they were trying to build their company in. There never will be a star like a Connor or anything like that that comes from the United States because they don't give a fuck if you come from the United States. You have to build your own name. You have to be a Brock Lesnar. You have yeah. to be a John Jones. You have to be a fucking a guy who is going to even even O'Malley. Like O'Malley's stardom is more because he has his own podcast, has his own like clothing line, has yeah, his own social start. media game that he does his own thing. It's not because the fucking he UFC. He took a tiny little platform yeah. where he knocked the dude out and he had some wild hair and then he ran with it. He got some more face tats. He wilded up the hair and he stuck himself all over social media. It's yeah, smart. even Bo Nickel, dude. The Bo Nickel's not big because of the, like, like he had an established like as much as people don't watch like wrestling or whatever blah, blah blah he still had like his own established fan base that got him into the dana white contender series and all that kind of shit right, because right. of his prior wrestling background like it, it may be a niche but he still had his like every guy that comes into the ufc that's from the united states that is a star has some kind of shit that made them different and that's why they are who they are but the ufc does this shit man like we've talked <laughs> about in the past like as much as like brandon moreno is a great fighter but like the UFC also like took a special interest in that region yeah. and has now made stars from those regions because even Brazil, like you were I know we kinda I breezed past it, but Anderson Silva is another one too. When they had all these guys coming from Brazil, Anderson kind of was yeah, the one was like that took it to the next level. Absolutely. Then you got the Jose Aldos and all the guys that were in different weight classes, but Anderson was the one that took it and ran with it and like put it put it on and Although, you know, whenever you talk about MMA, Brazil's always has always has kind of like the background and backbone because there's been so many Brazilian guys come through the organization. But that even then, like, it's just there always is other guys from other countries that come into the UFC and the UFC takes a, a bigger interest in telling their story than any of the guys in the yeah, US. Yeah, and it's, it's no reason that they're interested in the fighter is they're interested in simply the region. It's like exploiting the dollars. Yeah. It is. It's exploitative. Absolutely. I mean, like you mentioned Moreno, because they couldn't mention that guy's name without being like, he's from Mexico. Yeah. Mexican. First Mexican. Same champion. thing. Same thing with Khabib. I mean, that's great. I mean, that's, that's a good accomplishment. <laughs> Dagestan. Wrong I mean, with it, but you yeah. literally, 
Like, clearly they told the broadcast team to say that. It yeah. was in every ad. It just became like you couldn't say his name without being like, Mexico, Mexico, Mexico. And it's not yeah. because they give a fuck about Mexico. They want the Mexican dollars. They yeah. just want the they money. They built the PI the, over the there. Money they, the region. Yeah. And that's why when the next one rotates in, they get the exact same treatment. And Moreno suddenly, well, why aren't they pushing him now? Yeah. Well, he has to have his own fan base no, after that, you know. Yeah. So now it's, you know, um, you know, the women's 125 champ. Yeah. Whichever one is. So Grosso now, she's like, oh, there's Mexican champion again. Yeah. It's all over mm-hmm. that. And it's not, a, they don't care who the fighter is, but they won't do that for anybody in America. Well, and that's, it all. even doubles down too because they're not fucking compensating these people on the back end the way they should no, be. No, so it's like. They're their heritage to try and get dollars out of the country and then to hold an event there and to be able to sell merch and to fucking yep. get some kind of licensing deal from some fucking goddamn Mexican beer company or some shit. Like, yeah. that's what they want. Yeah. They don't care about helping out some impoverished... If they cared about any impoverished places, they would have taken Francis Ngannou's ass all the way over to fucking Africa and held an event over there. But there's no African dollars to be had. Yeah. <laughs> so they didn't fucking fuck with that. Well, not only they that, too. They want Chinese dollars, and they want all the other shit. It's, yeah. It's very exploitive. Exploitative. Yeah. Because that's the thing. If if they were, like, if they were handsomely compensating all these guys, like the Morenos and shit like that, like, oh. like if he was getting fucking paid what he should be getting paid, like some of these boxers and stuff do, then there would be no reason why you can see it as ex- exploiting because they're... They are being, they're putting on for the UFC, and they are being handsomely compensated for yeah, doing so. But in this case, you have this guy fighting, and them pretty much putting his whole, his whole country on his back. And if he fails, he's fucking, you know what I mean? He's yeah. he's the failure. You know what I mean? And then he also doesn't get paid. You know what I mean? Like fuck, it's super exploitive. The UFC sucks these days, let's be honest. I mean, if it wasn't for these fighters, I wouldn't even be watching this shit anymore. That's the thing. All these texts that came out here with this trial, you know, they just had the big document dump where you got from 2014 where you've got Dana White calling John Jones all these fucking names. Yeah. You know, talking about... Well, then people always wondered why him and Dana's relationship wasn't so close. Like, oh, why is Dana not like John Jones? Because behind closed doors, they're probably having those kind of conversations, and he knows that he's saying that kind of shit about him. Right. And everyone in the media is like, oh, John Jones hates Dana, or Dana hates John Jones. Like, nah, Dana is a fucking asshole. Yeah, <laughs> an asshole. You know what I mean? The UFC, Dana used to talk all the shit about Don King and how, he, how, how terrible he was and how the UFC would never do that and be that way. That's literally what they've turned into. Yeah. You are Don King on steroids, bro. Get I, the fuck out of here. I know this sounds funny. But honestly, do you ever sit back and think that maybe just the UFC has just gotten so much bigger than any of those motherfuckers ever thought it could be? And, like, they just don't know what the fuck they're doing at this point anymore? Yeah, that could be it. You know what I mean? Like, like, like Dana was like, Dana's like, yeah, we're going to get our money back for the Vegetas. And then he got his money back. And then it went just like this whole like organization is just keeps getting like bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And as it gets bigger, it's more just like, Dana being like, damn, it's going to go away. Like, you know what I mean? It's like famine. Like, it's, he really, like, his business practices are very, like, famine. Like, yeah, yeah, like, he fucking, 
always has like a famine mindset though you know what i mean where it's like oh the ufc has to be the biggest thing and we have to have fights every weekend and this and that and like we have to have the biggest roster and we have to reach every single piece of everywhere and like or or we're gonna have to close <laughs> you know what i mean like like that's kind of remember when you're trying to tell us that they couldn't afford to pay fighters more or the whole thing yeah. was shut down this yeah. was like 18 months ago yeah and then, like, they we record and record, and then they record a record. Then they record more money like that. We'd go out of business. <laughs> yeah. Then they fucking record record fucking record uh, profits profits every year. fucking year, dude. Every year it's a new record for them. And it's like, oh, we might have to close next week if we pay <laughs> if we pay John Jones a hundred thousand dollars for that. Actually, that I think it was the fucking choke. The fifty thousand yeah. dollar bonuses. Somebody was yep. calling for those to be raised, and somebody had the balls. To Someone bring said one hundred fifty. Conference, and he said they couldn't afford to. Yeah, yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah. They handed out fifty k for like a, more than a decade, bro. Yeah. It's crazy, bro. That's exactly what I was. Uh, that's what I was alluding to. Is that fucking same thing? We were like, oh, we're gonna have to close doors if we fucking have to pay a hundred thousand dollar bonuses instead of fifty. <laughs> like, what? You, you know why that number has stuck? I, I think. And I'm no I'm no psychology expert clearly or anything, but I think there's a couple of reasons. Number one, it's a it's a it's a nice number. Yeah, yeah. like fifty thousand dollars is a nice. It's a game number. show if, number. If you're a broke person yeah. or if you're an average everyday working Joe, fifty thousand dollars sounds like a fucking fortune. It's a Jeopardy and number. And we're talking about <laughs> fighting here, yeah, right? Yeah. And so it's like most people look at fighting and they go, oh, "I could do that." Yeah. I get yeah. Fight, you know, yeah. like most guys. I go with 50000 You got a $50,000 bonus? Holy shit. You know what? I do $50,000. I work a whole year for $50,000. He just yeah. fought for two minutes. Yeah. And that's how the public kind of a large hunk of it either perceives it or that's how the UFC thinks they fucking perceive it. Yeah. And they keep the fighters broken up on these contracts where, like, dude, if you're getting 10K to win and 10 to show and you just got 50, you do, that's like your whole year right there. So they're broken up. They're like, okay, cool. And there's no uproar. Yeah. Well, and you know what I think also, did you want, uh, did you see Bo Nickel when he was on Joe Rogan? He was talking about this. And he was saying that, like, he views the UFC more like you're on your own, you ha- like, and you have, like, a better idea of, like, he goes, this is basically what he said. He's like, you could go to smaller organizations and get paid all this money as the main attraction, or you go to the UFC where you make yourself the main attraction and you have the better companies and, and like ability to make money from all these bigger companies rather than if you're in Bellator. So it's basically like fame over, over money. And that's like how they were trying to mask saying like the UFC isn't fucked up. Like that's kind of what him and Joe were like saying back and forth. He's like, he's like, I just kind of view it. Like when you go to Bellator, you're the best they got. And like, you know, you want, you get paid as the best they got. Where, like, the UFC, you got to make yourself the best, and then you get paid, like, the crazy money. But it's, like... So if you're one of the lucky few... Yeah. Honestly, the right matchmaking... Right. ...at the right time, because you don't get to choose... If you're going to make it to the top, you do what the UFC said. They've proven that over and over again. Yeah. And if you, and if you God forbid, you don't, they will fucking burn your ass mm-hmm. at some point. Happens time and time again to the biggest and the best stars. Look at look at Connor. Yeah. Connor should have been the headline of two hundred UFC two hundred to fight at two hundred, and he wants yep. to fight at three hundred, and they're shoving his ass. Yeah, nobody's gonna fuck about company. Connor right now. And that's kind of where it goes back to the whole mafia mentality that they've ran the UFC with since day one. They're going, dude. This is it. This is the UFC's. 
They're making cash before this lawsuit cripples them, bro. Yeah. I just feel it coming. The UFC but a even year more from reason now, to put a big fight. It starts in April, bro. Yeah. Like, that's even bigger reason to drop, like, the craziest fight at UFC 300. Like, the craziest fight. Like, yeah. it's even more. Like, if you're trying to cash cow this bitch and dip, like, you better get it going while it's good because, like, you can't just be having guys sitting on the on the couch and then talking about where the highest grossing fucking uh, thing in the world and then you got people in Saudi Arabia right now who are willing to pay fucking big monies to see whatever guy fight whoever. Yeah. Like, fucking Conor McGregor sitting there front row every goddamn weekend. So the UFC, they can fuck around all they want, but Conor will go fucking fight Manny Pacquiao in front of all those people for $500 million for nothing. Yeah, he's the one guy that has leverage with his contract because he's already boxed once and can arguably... Because he has a professional record, and he can arguably claim the fucking Ali Act yeah. uh, but for boxing. Not only that, though, that's another like layer of what Francis did, like does to the UFC, too, because... Francis was, is a big name and he is like great and all. But if I have a boxing style, like, and I can build somewhat of a of a following and behind me, like, I'm fucking, I'm gonna go box. <laughs> I'm gonna go fucking box at this point yeah, because like if if I can somehow some way shit piss in the wind and get a win over somebody who's got a big name in boxing, I'm getting paid fucking 10 times what I'm getting paid in the UFC. Like, and that's always been the UFC's argument too. It's like, well, if you're in the UFC and you're at the bottom, you get paid more than if you're in boxing and you're at the bottom. But it's like, it's not the same. It's not the same if you, if you leave the UFC with a name, like, you know what I mean? Like, and that's, and that's where, that's where they're kind of like bridging the gap too. Like, because like, if you're Dustin Poirier and you know, like, you fucking are done with this shit and you're going to start go boxing. All you got to do is fuck around and win some kind of big fight and you're fucking getting paid quadruple what you were getting paid in the UFC. Absolutely. Let's go back to what you just said there about boxing and pay. I've heard Dana say that. So lot. many times. And I was just thinking about it though. That's a fucking logical fallacy though. It doesn't make sense. He's saying that look at what the bottom guys in the UFC make and look at the bottom guys in boxing make and we pay more. But the UFC is not all of MMA. Well, the UFC is not, not the only one paying comparison. their paychecks. Also, no, in an, accurate, boxing. an accurate comparison is look at what the bottom guys on the regional circuit in MMA get paid at a smoker. Yeah. And look at what the bottom run guys at a regional show in boxing get paid at a smoker. Not the fucking UFC. Yeah, no. If, if you made it to the UFC, you're already, quote, in the big leagues. You can't yeah. compare that to the guys that are just starting out in boxing. Yeah. That's not that's True. not an accurate level at all. That's apples and oranges. It's not. It yeah. sounds the same on the surface for a minute, but it's not when you pull that apart for a second. Well, and let's just the UFC is not the entity of MMA. Yeah. Well, not only that. Let's look at it this way too. One thing that has really, really, I think, affected the regular everyday UFC fighter more than anything is their exclusive sponsorships within the UFC. Whereas I maybe am a boxer who's on so-called UFC level, like, you know, side to side. Maybe you're getting paid base pay, like, in the fight more than me, but I'm also getting sponsored by 50 fucking companies that yeah, all are giving me a... Instagram a, sponsorships, yeah, TikTok sponsorships. That are all giving me a sliver at the fucking 
at the end that you're not getting because you have to wear those fucking Reebok shoes, or not Reebok, more uh, fucking... The rock shoes. The rock fucking the Under Armour shoes. and the a fucking Bud Light after the fucking yeah, show. Yeah, with your cryptocurrency you no shirt on and shit. Yeah, you get no money. <laughs> you don't get anything for that. So that's the real difference, I think, that everybody kind of doesn't see behind the scenes. Absolutely. Yeah, it's fucked up. Well, I think that uh, kind of wraps up everything we we had to talk about today, though. Yeah, for sure. Good luck to Sean Strickland here coming up. Hopefully yep. next week we're talking about another crazy victory by that dude. That would be pretty awesome. Yeah. All right, cool. Have a good week, everybody. Peace.